What is going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the Buffalo Blitz. I am Lance Nelson. That is DM3 Dave Myers. How are we doing tonight, Dave? I'm doing good, man. I wish uh, this was under better circumstances, but it is what it is. And uh, like we were talking before we started the show, uh, I think this will be a little bit of a therapy session for a lot of Bills fans, you and me included. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. As always, the Buffalo Blitz is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up now with promo code BLITZ. And you'll get your deposit matched up to $100. And you'll also get a little promo pick'em special. So get on over to underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog app. Sign up using promo code BLITZ today. And you'll get your deposit, your first deposit matched up to $100. All right. So big things going down tonight or today at One Bills Drive. Obviously, Ken Dorsey uh, was relieved of his duties as the offensive coordinator today. And uh, Dave, take us through just your initial thoughts on the move and, and kind of how you thought about it as you read it or, you know, got the notification. I think the writing was on the wall. Um, I think we've we've all collectively been been talking about this for seemingly, you know, five, six weeks now after the showing that the Bills put up offensively weeks two through four. We thought things were on track. You know, we thought that there might have been just a hiccup with the New York Jets game to open the season. But here we are, five and five. And I, I don't think, and, and we're going to, I know we're going to dive into this a lot more in, into details, but I don't, I, I don't know if this is something that's going to fix the situation. Um, we are, you know, heading into week 11, short week for the Bills. So, you know, it's going to be something that it's going to be week to week right now. You know, McDermott saying, right. Everything is week mm -hmm. to week. Um, I, I'm, I'm not surprised by it. I, I think that there, there wasn't another move that could be made right now. The team is struggling. McDermott's calling the defense. Obviously he's not going to fire himself. So changes were made. Um, we'll see what Joe Brady can do. If this is something that, sparks you know a fire in this team you know the guys start playing for each other again add some emotion in there um because we were just talking about that too you know this team doesn't seem like the team that we've seen led by josh allen it doesn't seem like they are the the go lucky happy bunch you know the the karaoke locker room stuff the 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 personal handshakes and the celebrating in practice and the stuff like that it just seems like they're kind of going through the motions um, we saw a little bit of it last year when they hit a couple lulls, you know, but there wasn't losing streaks last year. There wasn't a two and four span last year. Um, right. And they kind of weathered the storm, the storm, and they kind of dealt with all the adversity. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I don't think it's going to fix anything right away. Um, I think that Joe Brady's got his hands full. He's going to have a lot of work to do. And, on that aspect, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. You know, he was highly sought after coming out of LSU. Um, it's still crazy to think that Joe Burrow had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson as his wide receivers. I guess that's why he threw 60 touchdowns. But um, I think a lot, a lot of people want to talk about his tenure, Joe Brady's tenure, when he was in Carolina. Um, stuff has been coming out today that I've seen. A lot of stuff. I've done a lot of reading. Um, about the, how that separation went down, um, him being fired, um, as the offensive coordinator, pa pass game coordinator, whatever you want to call it. But uh, there was a lot of stuff, personality conflicts between him and Matt rule and, and things like that. But the biggest thing for me, I think is 
is Joe Brady going to be able to be that guy that is going to get in Josh Allen's face like we we saw Brian Dayball do a ton when Josh wasn't playing like Josh should be playing? Right. Um, is he going to be in the booth? Is he going to be on the field? Like there's a lot of stuff that we're going to have to wait and see how this stuff's going to play out. Yeah, and um, I don't think that this is a reactionary move to any one game. This has been building, um, like you said, uh, week to week here. It's looked uneasy. People have been uptight for weeks now. Um, Some people citing back to the Jets game where Josh injured his UCL last year, where the offense just hasn't looked quite uh, right. Now we got a, a new piece in with Dalton Kincaid and got some two tight end sets in this year. So we're able to get some new pieces. Obviously, Hardy and Shirtfield were brought in and haven't really been been seen um, this year. So it's it's a lot of um, confusion, I think, in the fan base and maybe in the locker room too, because it's like you have all these pieces and parts that seem like they could create a successful scheme and, and offense, and it just hasn't looked good or easy in a lot of games um, recently and. And even going back some time. So I think really the big deal with this is, was it all on Dorsey? Why this offense is struggling? Absolutely not. We know that. But at the end of the day, what changes can you make right now to try to light a fire onto this team and really make people understand the severity of of the struggles they're going through? And I think that's one of the main reasons McDermott had to do this. Um, you know, there was a lot of clamoring outside of the doors, but it may be that noise got inside and, and was there too. And we don't know that, but um, you know, there, there obviously has been some sort of riff or some sort of happening within that organization where coaches have, and McDermott just haven't necessarily been on the same page a lot um, through the last couple of years. So we saw, you know, you mentioned Chad Hall's left uh, things like that. Dayball and McDermott's relationship maybe wasn't um, the best either. We'll see, you know, we don't know that either, but, you know, judging by the quick uh, encounter they had after that game, you know, people can um, you speculate for sure. So, so it's just a matter of how much now, you know, there's not much else there for, for anyone to do other than, you know, play ball and play hard. And if it doesn't work out, you know, McDermott's got to take that, you know, on, on himself um, because now there's nobody else to really, to really look at. Yeah. And I think too, uh, I'm seeing a lot of the stuff come through the comments about um, Dorsey being the scapegoat, Dorsey being the fall guy. Um, Just like you said, Lance, in the, in the off season, we all watched the press conferences from Brandon Bean talking about how the bills were last in the league last year in run after catch or yak, however you want to say it. So we, we saw how Brandon Bean in his philosophy of the guys that he got in the offseason before the draft, before they drafted Kincaid, um, the guys that they got were brought in to be mismatches, something that I believe Brian Dayball would have absolutely feasted on, and he would have had plans to get these guys in place. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't an execution issue. Right. Maybe there's an execution issue where guys can't get open. There's no separation with these routes. But when you're dialing up the plays that you're you're dialing up, and if you, if you want to blame Josh, go ahead, blame Josh. But if you're dialing up Deontay Hardy to run 50 yards downfield when there's 40 seconds left in the half, 
and you just think that, you know, Josh is going to take a check down, that's not going to happen. You need to be in the mind of your quarterback and you need to understand what can I draw up that is going to make this guy be successful. And we all said it last year. The long developing routes that were being called last year were the Achilles heel of this team because it would make Josh have to run around for these guys to finally get open and try to make a play. Now it's like we went from having these quick routes where you get Kincaid involved or you have Cook out of the backfield or you have Diggs on the slant. And and now it seems like they've completely went away from that. So that, to, to your point, that is something that is absolutely on Ken Dorsey. And that is something that's absolutely on coaching. Um, now, with that being said, Josh Allen needs to stop turning the ball over, right? Perfect. Execute a handoff. Like, it's the easiest thing you can do as a quarterback. You turn around and hand it to your guy, right? Throwing interceptions into triple coverage or to five foot seven receivers when you know it's going to be a contested catch because he's one-on-one with a DB or it's, it's one-on-two and you know there's going to be help over top, that's just not a smart play. So I, I think there's no magical answer. There's no magical, it's this person, it's that person. It's a collective effort. It's lack of execution. It's lack of play calling. Um, you can blame last night's game on whatever you want. The fact of the matter is the Bills still found a way to lose. And that is something that we were accustomed to for 17 years before Sean McDermott got here. The Bills would just find a way to lose. They were showing clips of the Bills versus Cowboys game when Tony Romo threw five interceptions and the Bills still found a way to lose that game. That was a Monday night game. If you guys are, if, if Bills fans watch and remember that they had five picks, the Bills had five picks and lost that game. Um, so it's just, it's concerning, but I think that, Talking to Lance before we came on, I don't want to say that this this needed to happen because I, I I don't I don't want to think that. But if this is something that happened and it's going to change the course of this franchise, then let's let it play out. There's I don't okay. think with seven games left, they're miraculously going to turn things around. I I really don't. I don't think this is the 2021 Bills that went through a weird two and four stretch with a win game and a bad loss to the Jaguars. I don't think this is that team. You can see that these players aren't they're they're just not they're just out of character for themselves whether it be Josh whether it be Diggs whether it be Vaughn whether it be the guys in the defensive line they're just not they're just not they're like a shell of them of themselves and it's, that's the biggest part i think too why i thought Ken Dorsey really didn't do his job in getting these guys bought in to whatever system he wanted to run you know I don't think there was a huge um, schematic issue where in the sense of people weren't able to to function or get open. I saw plenty of times, you know, Josh miss a pass to somebody that was open or Josh didn't throw it to somebody that was open. So people got open. I'm, I don't think that that's I think that may be a misconception in my brain. I don't think it was necessarily like this scheme can't ever work, but these guys weren't bought into it. You saw these guys uptight just you know, not wanting to be out there doing that, you know, what they're being asked to do, it seems. And I don't know how else to explain it, but that's kind of the offensive coordinator's job there to get them rolling into things they can execute and buy into. And it just didn't happen. And uh, it's unfortunate for Ken that it didn't happen because had he been able to get those guys 
on the same page and locked into his game plan, then maybe we could have saw something. One of the things that our guy Izzy was saying too, that I really liked um, over the course of the past uh, 24 hours here is, um, you know, it was, it was something where you're not faking anybody out about what you're doing. You're trying to, you're not giving them any other looks or building off. And that's the biggest thing I think I, I was bringing up two weeks ago on the show, or maybe a week ago that, you're supposed to show looks and then build something off that look. Uh, and Dorsey never, never really showed that ability to build on to what he had. He had these plethora of plays, but nothing went well together. It never really meshed. It never created a full offensive scheme that, that kind of had tiers where you could say, okay, I'm going to do this, but next time I got these two other options off of this same look. When I was watching the Bills play the Patriots, what was that, three, four weeks ago now, right? Um, however long ago it was. B- literally, the motion before the snap, the Patriots defense didn't move because they knew the Bills were running to the left side of the offense. Now they motioned a guy to the right side to try to get them off that, and they just didn't move. And then the run play, they still ran the dang play, which still frustrates me that, you know, can we get a check out of that? Because it seems like they just know what you're doing. And we just run it anyway, right into the the lion's mouth, so to speak. So that, you know, that I think is a big deal where Dorsey is, you know, definitely responsible in that respect to to getting a scheme that can build to multiple different plays out of it and, and then all out of multiple different looks, excuse me, but then also getting his guys to buy into what they're trying to do. And he just never had that buy in that, you know, that. They had game plans where they came out on fire, you know, like against Miami, it seemed like, you know, they were excited as hell to get it done. But outside of that, you know, these games just felt like it's a grind to get these guys to do it. Josh Allen doesn't seem interested in taking this two yard, you know, flat route every time he wants to go and and show off his arm or he wants to go and and make a play to get the get the team going. You know, I'm sure, you know, he's sitting there thinking, man we really need a spark here. Let's get something going. And the fourth and one play last night when he rolled out and he, he flicked the ball to Shakir and just overshot him. Like I even clipped that and, and tweeted it and said, Josh Allen makes this play 99 times out of a hundred, or he runs right out of bounds, right at the first down marker. And it just, it seemed like he, and this has been happening for quite a while now. It seems like he's just disinterested in what's going on. And that goes back, and, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but that goes back to the press conference Josh had a couple weeks ago when somebody asked him about the offensive play calling, and he just said, you know, I'm just running the plays that are called. That's the problem right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't sound like that's in, that's yeah. that, that should be enough for you, Josh. Like, that should be everything to you. Like, and another thing to me too, like, are we not at the point of Josh Allen's career? I mean, I don't know. Then I'm honestly asking this. I think that we are, but are we not at the point of Josh Allen's career where he should be able to just dice up an offense because of how smart he is and what he can see pre-snap? Because we've seen it so many times. The Patriots yeah. game, I got the poster on the wall right here. The perfect game. He 
he checked out of so many plays in that game and ad-libbed so many plays and the defense had no answer. And it's like, why is that not happening on a more regular basis? What, where's the like, most confusing thing? Like, to, where did that see. go to where we have a guy on any given week can give you a highlight real game, but then comes back and he can't do the easy things like convert a handoff or mm-hmm. hit a check down or just scramble for, for three yards to keep the drive moving when we've seen him hurdle guys and we've seen him do things with his legs that we haven't seen any other quarterback not named Cam Newton or Steve Young do like it, it doesn't make sense to me. And that's where I, that's the biggest concern to me is if our franchise quarterback that we've waited 20 plus years for is disinterested in this game. Now, how do we get that back? Like what is going on that it's gotten to a point where Josh just doesn't seem interested in playing the game when he told us, four months ago that this is the most focused he's ever been on football in his life. So how did that script get flipped so fast? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where the I think part, I think that's, is it, is I he think trying to be a celebrity or is he trying to be an NFL? No, I, I don't, know? I don't think that. I think the endorsements just come and that, that is who he is. Right. Sure. And he has fun I, but I, I think, I think that is where the coaching aspect comes into it. And it's not just Dorsey. At any point in time, Sean McDermott can walk up to his quarterback. I don't care if you're a defensive-minded coach or not. He's the leader of your franchise. He is the on-field leader of the face of your team. They speak daily, according to him today. At any point in time, you can walk up to him and tell him that he needs to either cut this shit out, he needs to grow a set, he needs to grow up, he needs to get more invested, whatever it is. Well, however McDermott wants to motivate him. But I've never, I've not heard one tale, one one story of that happening. Not saying it doesn't, mm-hmm. but how many times have we seen coaches on the sideline walk up to their quarterback and either console them or, you know, talk to them? And maybe that's because he's a defensive-minded guy and he ha- thinks that Ken Dorsey's doing that for him. But I don't, I don't know. There's an absolute disconnect right now. And it's concerning because of how well this culture has been rebuilt from Rex just tearing it down and all the coaches that were before him to when McDermott got here up until last year. We saw the adversity. We saw them, you know, all together. We saw what happened with DeMar Hamlin. We saw the blizzard. We saw them moving a game to Cleveland we, or to Detroit. We saw all that stuff. And now here we are. There's, I, I absolutely think that by seeing what's going on on social media i mean we you got puna ford out here liking tweets by bill's mafia yeah you know what i'm saying and that aren't positive tweets you got former players out here saying that the, the wrong guy was fired today so is there something that w- was the winning masking something that was going on in the locker room or is there is there an issue that that we don't know about that is is starting to be uncovered because I, I I hate to be that guy, and I hate to bring this up, but maybe McDermott has lost the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe these guys just aren't motivated anymore by the same thing, and it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, for sure. I think that you know you got to look at that. This is definitely a McDermott effort to try to wake to try to wake these guys up and say, hey, look, you know it's not being run uh, effectively and properly. So you know someone something has to change this is the easiest thing to change really 
Um, it's really one of the only things you can do mid-season really to change something. And look, we're not going to have some, like you said, it, we're not going to just reinvent a whole new offense by the next game or by the end of the season either. On a short this week, gonna too. Be, so. Yeah, this is going to be, you know, a lot of, hey, you know, we're we're really looking to re-energize these guys, refocus these guys. And that's the thing. It, it shouldn't take a coach getting fired to, to re-energize and refocus these people. I, either they're paid very handsomely to stay focused and to be, to bring that energy. I think the fans, you know, give them all their energy, all the fans energy each and every week when they're at home. So they should be able to feed off of that as well. And for whatever reason, it's just, it's not working out um, too well so far. Obviously, you know, through 10 games, you have uh, seven games left and I'm not sure like you said, it's it's not going to change too much. I think Kurt Warner came on. Uh, there was a Kurt Warner interview, you know, that posted by the 33rd team today. You know, he went through the same thing in Arizona, or, or he went through a similar situation in Arizona where the offense coordinator was fired. He himself was benched, and the other things happened. And, you know, it's just right now they're slumping, and for whatever reason, McDermott felt that this is the time where they need to pull the plug on Dorsey and try to get something moving in the other direction. And, and I hope it works. Hopefully, you know, we can trust the process and McDermott can pull the right strings here to turn this thing around. Um, you know, I don't think this is a Super Bowl contender this season any longer, but, you know, all they can do is go out there and compete and try to play at a high level. And it's not like we don't have the dogs in the house to, to do that. It's just a matter of getting them in the right positions, getting them used in the right situations. Um, and it's tough because I guess I, I don't want to beat that dead horse too much, but I don't, I want to look at some situations where you, you scratch your head. Um, yesterday there was a penalty when the bills were kicking the extra point and we got the ball at the one yard line or the two yard line and they came out and shotgun. Now they converted it. So whatever. Yeah. But like, doesn't that make you scratch your head on what's like, who's calling that? What when we we got an extra yard or closer to the end zone, yet we come out now and go for two, and we're all thinking, but oh, we go in the shotgun and we throw a pass, and that just goes to show you the 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 run game is not being utilized in a lot of situations. I feel like 192 you know, yards, and then 192 yards rushing yesterday, and then we no. run in the dumbest situations where it's just predictable. Like I mentioned with that new England game where they just, they motion to the right, but the handoff goes to the left and gets absolutely blown up. Or last night, the shotgun pitch to a running back. I absolutely hate that play. I hate it so much and I'm, and they run it, but where does Josh Allen start to actually take over now and run the plays? He knows that he can execute. He wants to execute. And that's what we're going to have to see moving forward. I think, because that's, really all they're going to have for the next seven games. They're going to have to rely a lot on Josh Allen. A lot of people talked about, well, we'll start taking stuff off of Josh Allen's shoulders. There's not really any room to do that now because, you know, we've got a guy coming in. Um, you know that that Ken Dorsey and Josh had a good relationship. We don't know how fractured that was, but is it sending a message to Josh by McDermott by firing Ken Dorsey and saying, hey, Josh, like now Ken had to lose his job because – this isn't happening right. So we better get our shit together. I don't know that that's it's, it's such a 
weird time right now within this organization. There's a lot of unknowns, and I think only time is going to tell uh, in the end, you know, what the real issue is right now. Hopefully Joe Brady gets a little bit of run here, can find some things that that do work, and maybe going into next season, um, you know, they keep him on and, and we can go forward with a formidable offense. This right here. We heard all offseason from Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott how they did not want Josh Allen to – whoops, sorry, I didn't mean to click on that. Um, we heard all offseason from Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, and they even asked Josh Allen. The press even asked Josh Allen about running and staying in the pocket. And he was – he was very, Josh was very clear. He's like, I, I know I need to be I, – I know I need to be in the pocket more. I know I need to, you know, slide and protect my body and stuff like that for the, the – longevity of my career. Um, but you can tell it was kind of a forced answer because Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott both said that they want Josh to be a more pocket present passer. Hmm. Um, and a couple things, the Vikings game last year, Patrick Peterson came out after he made the interception at the end of the game that, that sealed that game and the bills lost that game. Patrick Peterson came out and said, I already knew what the play was. Ken Dorsey run offense last night in shotgun. I think Josh Allen was 11 for 24 under center. Josh was four for four, 62 yards and a touchdown. So the reason why I bring that up is because if you put Josh Allen under center and you have a running back in the backfield, you're probably going to get a little bit more of a, a, a mismatch because you don't know if, if they're going to, if the bills are going to pass or run and you can get Josh Allen in play action, Josh Allen in play action last night. I think he was five for five or, or something, six for six or something like that. And that's that's the creativity that that Ken Dorsey just couldn't sustain. There was times when we would see things and we were like, wow, OK, that was refreshing. Like that that was nice, like nice play calling. Or we we would see the Bills string together a nice drive where the run is sprinkled in. A couple design runs for Josh were sprinkled in. Josh quick release passing, things like that. And we're like, OK, this is. This is what we were told was going to be the offense. We got Kincaid. He's pretty much a mismatch for anybody underneath. You got Diggs doing this, and you got other guys doing that, and the emergence of Khalil Shakir. And then all of a sudden you have games where they just they can't even get first downs. Like they can't get out of their own way. They get penalties. They they're they're just doing they're they're dropping passes. And I don't care what you say, Gabe Davis needs to catch that pass last night. I don't you've been playing with Josh Allen for four years. Yeah, you know he's gonna throw the ball to you 655 miles an hour. Like just catch the ball. Like if you don't do the weird clap thing that you do, that ball's in your hands and you should have that. And it's a first down. Um, but I I don't in a couple a couple truths I think that need to come out is that the rest of the season is going to be a, I think is going to be a lot of the same. We may see a little glimpse of what this team was and could be, but staring us in the face is a division opponent that's beaten us two of the last three times we've played them in the New York Jets. Um, Six days to prepare, right? So short week with a new offensive coordinator coming off of a bad loss. So morale is probably at a pretty pretty bad low right now in the locker room. So I don't think anything's going to change right away. Um, and playing for your new coach and the new shiny toy is not sustainable. We see it in the NFL all the time um, where the head coach gets fired, a coordinator steps in, and the team wins. 
right. you know, two of three games or three games in a row or something like Probably that. Like Raiders, Antonio, like what's happening with Antonio yeah. Pierce right now. And I love him. He needs to be the head coach of the Raiders next year. I think he's, I think he's a breath of fresh air for the NFL, but it's, it's not, I don't think it's going to be sustainable because then there's going to be film on Joe Brady after a couple of weeks. Right. And then it's going to be about, can the bills make adjustments? Can Joe Brady make adjustments? And I don't know if he can or he can't. Um, we hope he can, but this is not some magical answer by firing Ken Dorsey. I know a lot of fans wanted that. And I know a, fa- a lot of fans are happy that it happened with a lot of fans were calling for it before the season even started. Um, but I, I don't think it's the magical answer. I think this team's going to be fighting for every single game they play. The schedule gets a lot tougher from here on out. Um, yes. So I, I don't, I, I don't know where it goes from here. I, I do think that this should be something that's an eye opener for Terry Pagula, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Terry Pagula should be looking and having some deep conversations with Sean McDermott about the staff that he's putting around himself. Because now this is the third offensive coordinator that has either been fired or left. Obviously Brian Dable got promoted, but he's now on his fourth offensive coordinator in, in, in seven years, Leslie Frazier. We all called for his job. And then the weird departure of Leslie Frazier, we still don't know if he was fired, if he asked to leave, if he took a leave of absence, whatever happened with that. Um, Chad Hall left like, yeah, he's now the wide receivers coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that's up and coming. He went to a better situation and he left the bills who were a 13 and three team last year. So I I don't know. I I don't know. And and I think what I mean by the conversations that have to happen with Brandon Bean is the money situation is not getting any better. It's just not. We signed Puna Ford to be inactive for five games this season. Like Linval Joseph was signed two weeks ago and he's been active both games. Like, yeah, that's insane. How, how did we, how did we screw that up so bad to where a guy's not even active for five games? And I understand the whole one tech, three tech thing. And we need this amount of offensive linemen and this amount of linebackers and DBs. And I know how all that works in game day inactives. I know how all that works, but it just seems like we signed the guy for no reason when Linval Joseph was a guy that you got mid season signed him as a street free agent. Like I don't, I don't know. And then with Sean McDermott, I think he needs to look at his coaching parameters and how he's structuring his coaching staff. He absolutely should have a defensive coordinator. Has the defense been playing bad? No, but you are the head coach. You need to be managing the entire game. That includes offense, defense, and special teams, and especially the last drive that the opposing team has. Like that's that that to me last night was right up there with 13 seconds. Yeah. Because why do you blitz when the other team doesn't have any timeouts? Why aren't you dropping eight in coverage and just make them get a completion in front of you like 31 other teams do when they're in that situation? Like, why are you called? Why why are you called for twelve men on the field on a field goal attempt? Like, you knew what they were doing. They spiked the ball three times. Like, or they kneeled the ball three times to set up <laughs> to set up. I gotta put that on the players, though. I mean, where you know how what I mean? You need not know your if you are or aren't on the field goal block team. I just don't. That's the that's the part that I battle with so much is because these players are not helping themselves at all, and the, and they definitely 
haven't been helping this team be successful um, so far with, you know, different execution issues, turnovers, especially. Uh, there was a stat I saw earlier that the Bills last night only gave up six points off turnovers and they scored seven points off the one turnover they got. And that may be true, but that's four possessions where you can't score points now. And the problem we're having is scoring points. So when you take the offense off the field on those drives, and then you have a turnover on downs as well. So you have two fumbles, two interceptions, and a turnover on downs. There's five possessions now where we don't get any chance at scoring points. Then you have uh, three touchdowns and four punts. So I think it's it's just it's a head scratcher. And like I've been talking when we've trying to been talking through kind of this slump that we've been in is like it's such a mixture of you know what the coaches could do better and then what the team and the players itself could do better. Now I think that like we talked about already is why aren't like we've got to get these guys into it somehow because it just doesn't seem like they are. And so hopefully um you know Joe Brady can bring that leadership of people to the table because that's what I thought McDermott was. I thought he was a leader of people. I thought he could get that ultimate motivation on a daily basis and get the best out of guys. And it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. And that's the, that's the really hard part here is that he did so well at that initially. And now maybe his shtick is kind of falling on deaf ears there. I'm not sure. Maybe Joe Brady helps re-echo that and get guys fired up. We'll see. Um, Saw some comments here. We don't know who's taking over at the quarterback coach. And we don't know if Joe Brady is going to be on the sideline or up in the booth yet. That's stuff that they're going to work through through the week. Sean McDermott said that in his press conference earlier. Um, we're not sure how that's all going to roll out or how that's going to look. I'm interested as hell to see how it's going to look. I hope Joe Brady stays on the sideline, honestly. I think it'll be good for Josh Allen to have Joe on the sideline when he can come off the field and see a man, look him in the eye, and say, what yeah. the hell did you just do, man? And I think there's that's a big difference. Lacking. I think there's a big difference between Josh Allen sitting there looking at a tablet with a headset on yeah. And a coach putting his finger in his in his face saying, we've gone over this. Why are yeah. you still doing the same thing in year six that we've been over? Like, stop throwing into triple coverage. You can't complete every one of those passes. If you do, fine, cool, good on you. But stop doing it because you're hurting this team. So another thing, too, is I don't like... A lot of the stuff I'm seeing online, and I got to stay off of Twitter slash X, whatever the hell it's called now. I got to stay off there because the Josh Allen bashing to some extent is, is deserved, but to the extent that it's getting to saying that he's trash, um, I, I beg to differ. Um, did he, did he have costly turnovers in week one? Yes. Did he have costly turnovers last night? Yes. Has he done that for six years? Yes. Um, does he make plays that we, we have to go back and replay because we can't believe it's happened. Yes. So he is that guy, but pointing a finger at Josh Allen, I don't think is very fair. Um, I feel like Josh wears his heart on his sleeve and sometimes it gets the better of him. Um, and that's where coaching comes into play more than anything from the top on down, whether it's the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterbacks coach, whatever it is players. And that leads me to this too. Like, we got so mad at Stefan Diggs. How dare you raise your arms at our beloved Josh Allen? How dare you do that? But here we are nine months later, 
and the team is still doing the same shit. They're losing games that they should be winning. They're playing a lot worse than they should be. They're not executing. The talent that's on this team, I think it supersedes the talent on offense, at least, that we had last year. It's definitely a better offensive line. I think Josh has better skill position players. Yes, Dawson Knox is injured. Fine, but Dalton Kincaid is probably going to be, hands down, a better tight end, at least production-wise, than than Dawson Knox is. It's just, I don't, I don't understand how you could put all this on Josh Allen when he throws a pass to James Cook and he fumbles it. James Cook runs the ball down the field and he dribbles the ball like a basketball. Like you can't, that's not on Josh Allen. That's Gabe the Davis not part. being There's able to not catch one person to blame here. Yeah. There's not one single person that you can point a finger to. You can't say now Josh Allen's the point man. So maybe he does get some more, of the backlash and maybe that's not as well deserved because like you were just about to say, and I apologize for cutting in, but oh, all good, man. yeah, Gabe Davis um, and these, and, and not just Gabe, other receivers Diggs even dropped the ball last night. Um, you know, people in the comments are talking about these penalties. Kincaid too. dropped the pass it's, last it's, night. These guys are not focused on the task at hand here. And that's coaching. That's what someone needs to light a fire under these guys to get them back into focus and back into executing their jobs. And, you know, Josh Allen wasn't, has not looked like he is interested in playing a one eleventh style of game. He wants to be more than that. He is more than that. He has been more than that his whole career. And I don't think you can take that away from him. You know, he's a big part of why this team had any success throughout the years and he's going to be a big part of why this team has success moving forward and they're look they're not um necessarily going to be in contention to win a super bowl this year but i'm the, by no means counting this squad out and and i don't think that it's hard to see them winning five of the next seven with the team they have but it's hard to understand right now because we haven't seen it in three four weeks on paper weeks. on paper even up going up against the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Dolphins and the Jets and everybody else left on the schedule, the Bills on paper match up really, really well against these teams. It's all going to be about execution and which Bills team comes out week to week. And that's what I think. Jets at home and then at Philadelphia. Then you got your bye week. That's going to be huge. You right. gotta get we gotta get one of those. If you get both of those, so going into your bye week, I, we're talking I'm about make, a whole. I'm going to make a hot take right now game. that either either Matt Milano or DeQuan Jones will be back after the bye week. Probably DeQuan Jones, because from all accounts, he's he's. I mean, he's working his ass off. Um, but my, I just we don't for the first time since probably I'm not going to count Josh's rookie year for the first time since 2017 during McDermott's first year. Cause we, everything was still new, right? Everything was fresh. We didn't know what we were going to get. You know, Tyra Taylor was the quarterback. And um, for the first time, I can honestly say that I don't feel comfortable like being gung ho that the bills are going to get it done. And it's been that way since after the London game. Because for whatever reason, we decided that we were going to fly up to London two days before the game and then fly back from London and go play another game. Like, I don't know what happened in London. Something happened on the plane. Something happened in the locker room over there. 
I don't know what happened, but that was the turning point of this whole thing. Throw week one out the window. It was 9-11 in New York. Like, I'll I'll give Josh a, a somewhat of a pass on that, and they still could have won that game. They easily should have won that game after Rodgers went out. But you go from beating the, beating the brakes off of teams to just not being able to do, like, the simple fundamentals of playing football, tackling, creating pressure, sacking the quarterback, getting turnovers, like running the football, blocking, passing, executing routes. Like it's, it's not just one thing right now. And yes, the defense has been playing well. I'm not going to, for what they've had to endure with yeah. Matt Milano being out, Trey being out, Daquan Jones being out, um, you know, Terrell Bernard's been banged up. Micah Hyde missed this week. Jordan Poyer's been been banged up most of the season, like he was last year. Yeah, um, yeah the Patriots game was the real outlier where the defense kind of let the team down when yeah, they, they had been playing points, so well. They you know, twenty nine points, and they obviously, you know, you your offense gives you the lead, and you got to make a stand, and and you let that horde of a team march down the field on you. That's that's tough. You know, twenty two. 10, 3, 20, 25, 9, 29 against the Patriots, 18 against the Bucks, then 24 the last two weeks against the Bengals and the Broncos. It's you got to score the football, and we just haven't. Our yeah. highest output, obviously, um, 48 against the Dolphins, and then you you hang up early in the year, 38, 37 against the Raiders and, and the Commanders. But since then, since the London, you've got 20, 14, 25. 24, 18, 22. Like we got to get to 30 points with this team. With this team, I know everyone wants to say, "Oh, well, we can, you know, we can got to make stop." Look, the defense is not going to make enough stops to allow the offense to score 22 points. We got to score 30 points. It's just got to happen. There's not a a room for this team to win without the offense scoring 30 plus a game. It's just that's not the formula that's going to get this team to the playoffs or to a winning many games because the defense is missing five starters at least. And sometimes we've been missing six. There's not, it's too much to ask of a team to go down six starters and then still, you know, hold teams to 20 and less. That's just not going to happen. So that's obviously why Ken Dorsey is out of the job. This offense hasn't scored enough to win these games and i and i think that they can we they we know they have the talent to do it and and i'm excited to see you know what little tweaks they can make because really you know what can what can be made now is what calling people's number in different orders or in different manners to to situation so this the handle of the situations of the games and and how the games are called is going to be different with Joe Brady, obviously. That's what we're going to be looking for. Let's get these people. We, you know, we haven't seen a lot from Hardy. We haven't seen a lot from Sherfield. And we talked earlier, you know, Hardy should be more, there should be a, a couple of more gadget plays a game for him. He's not touching the ball. Sherfield, he's a red zone threat. We haven't really targeted him in the red zone. He's been used primarily as a blocker. Um, and, and we've seen Kincaid have success. So we know we have something big in him. So I, you know, for me, I just think that this team has to, has to dig down deep these next couple of weeks, get to that bye week 
at least win one, at least win one. And if you can win both, that'd be incredible, especially, you know, talking about playing the Eagles. So, you know, for me, there's, there's definitely more to it than, than just Ken Dorsey leaving. There's, there's going to be more to it throughout the whole season. And, and, and hopefully this move with Ken Dorsey leaving can alleviate enough to get guys rolling. That's, that's all I can hope. The, the NFL is week to week. The bills could have won every single one of these games. That's just, that's the scary that's the part. part yeah. People look at the Bengals game and say that we got, we got kind of beat up. The bills make a stop. They get the ball back with a chance to win that game. The jets beat the bills on a kickoff return in overtime. Um, the Patriots came back to win the game late. The Bills were winning that game. The Bills were winning the game last night. The only game that probably was the way it was and ended the way it did was the the London game. Like the Bills just looked flat that whole game. And they put up some points in the second half, but I mean, they could have won three more of these games easily. They could be sitting here at at 8 and 2 right now. I know it's scary to think and the NFL is week to week. We talk about it in our group chats all the time about how this team lost to this team that beat this team that lost to this team that beat this team. Like we do it all the time. And I don't, I don't know the temperature of that locker room. Um, All I know is mannerisms of what I've seen the last five weeks or so since London. Um, But this team looked like it was dialed in and then it was just completely shut off. Like it was a valve, like turn, turn it on full blast for three weeks. And all of a sudden just cut it completely dry. Right. And I don't know how that happens and I don't know how you fix that. Now I say that to say this, I hope you're right. I hope that these guys show up on Sunday with a new found, you know, like inspired, motivated, like just kick ass, want to go out there and just crush the jets. But I also think that they should have did that last week or this last night after the players only meeting, they should have done it after the the they laid an egg against the Giants. They should have done that after they laid an egg, an egg against the Patriots. Like they should have came out and just this team is too talented. So this is where we have to talk about coaching. This is where we have to talk about our head coach. And I think it's that time we have to have those uncomfortable conversations about Sean McDermott. And I don't think that means that we dislike Sean McDermott. Um because no, we're obviously all going to be rooting for him, right? You know what Everybody I mean? He wants and, the bills to do well. Everyone's going to root. Right. For, for but I, I think it's, here. I think it's okay for us to have the uncomfortable conversations. And I know Peter, who's usually the host of the, of the blitz with you, Lance, he, he put something out last night. It's, is it time to start having the uncomfortable conversation about Sean McDermott is absolutely on the hot seat. You have 13 seconds, which I don't want to talk about because it's been well talked about for two years now. Um, you have the game against the Patriots where your defense was just decimated that entire game. And there was no way they were going to get a stop. It was just, it just was not the day. Um, you have last night, two instances on one drive, which was all on coaching. You're yeah. blitzing on third down way out of field goal position. The Broncos weren't even sniffing field goal position at that point. And then you put your, your DBs on an Island with the Broncos receivers. All they had to do was throw a pass and hope that there was going to be a pass interference penalty. And guess what? 33 yards later, they get a pass interference because you're blitzing. Instead of just dropping guys back there, bring some coverage from over the top and just let those guys run underneath you. 
and make make a tackle in the field of play and make them have to run up and, and you know waste it down and spike the ball. And then the, the too many men on the field, you argued that it was players should understand their role in executing the play. Like McDermott should have had the guys on the field that were there for the field goal block because the Broncos kneeled, kneeled, kneeled. They were not trying to score a touchdown. They did not need to score a touchdown. So you knew a field goal attempt was coming at some point. On second or third down, you should have put the guys out there that you thought were the guys that were the field goal block unit, right? And they weren't. They were no, the One guy was running onto the field, and you had 12 guys line up for the snap. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. We, we've talked a lot about McDermott and in-game management, and I think that that has been one of his biggest downfalls his entire seven-year tenure here. We've talked about it. I know me and Akeem have talked about it. I know others have talked about it. And I think it's time to have the conversations about when when things are on the line, is Sean McDermott going to be able to put this team and these players in the position to execute what they're supposed to do? And I, I don't know. Like, it, it just continuously keeps happening. Um, I mean, the Bengals playoff game last year. Why why the Bills were lining up where they were when the Bengals were, were throwing seven yard out routes makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like it doesn't, and it was the whole game. It, it made no sense. And I, I don't know. That that aspect of it, I don't know if that can be fixed. But that leads me to say this McDermott this offseason, because it can't happen now, needs to surround himself with guys that have experience in this league. Like he brought in Al Holcomb. I don't know how much in with the the defense Al Holcomb is involved on a week-to-week basis, but there absolutely has to be a defensive coordinator next year. There, there has to be, absolutely 100%. I mean, he needs to surround himself with offensive-minded guys, defensive-minded guys, and get a better special teams coach because the one we got is not working. And that needs to be priority number one. Bring in some tenured guys with experience, even if they were head coaches before and have them help you coach because it's only going to help you succeed. It's not, it's not, it's obvious he needs the freaking help, right? It's pretty obvious. This is where I struggle with McDermott because I think that there's a pride factor there that we all see like he's, he's the, the alpha male and it's not always a, it's not always a bad thing because he's the guy that wants to protect our players and he wants to protect this team and he wants to carry the city on his shoulders and carry this team and be the face and do all that stuff and boost morale and, and bring a culture and do all this stuff. But I think at times it's it's a huge like detriment to him as a coach because he can't just sit across from somebody that has more experience than him that is just trying to help him. Like Leslie Frazier, say what you want about Leslie Frazier's defense and whatever happened with some of the collapses the team's had in the playoffs. Like this team misses Leslie Frazier right now. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. I'm Attitude telling you it does. Leadership, right? And the leadership right now that Sean McDermott is giving us is leading to a slop fest after slop fest after slop fest every game where it's undisciplined, unfocused, and and something, you know, something in him has to change. And maybe Firing Ken Dorsey will change him a little bit and humble him a little bit to come back to reality and really understand the task at hand here and where the issues lie, because it's going to be a little bit of looking in the mirror, I think, for sure, to understand where the issues with this team lie. He's got 
as much of a hand in it as anybody else does, as much of a hand in it as the players do, and as much as much as a hand in it as Ken Dorsey did, if not more, uh, you know, liability than Ken Dorsey had in the struggles so far this year. I just think, you know, it's it's tough to to make these moves in season. Um, oh, and, sure. and I want to ask you, Izzy asked this in the chat, and I think the answer is no. But I want to see if the Bills don't lose last night and the Bills beat the Broncos, is Ken Dorsey still the the offensive coordinator today? No. I don't think so. Regardless way, of outcome of the game, Ken I Dorsey think the way that you, you saw him I think the way you saw him walking to the stadium last night, like there was an ultimatum of produce. If you yep. can't show that anything's changed, like we our, our your time here's done. Because if the Bills still so the Bills still win that game, okay, they're six and four instead of five and five. Look at how that Bills offense performed. What Josh have 179 yards passing, the, 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 four turnovers. The the offense had four turnovers. Like that did not look like a unit that was trying to improve week over week. It looked like the same same shit on a different day. As as Josh said earlier in the year, same crap, just a different stadium. Like it, it looked like we were just rolling out the same offense that they had been rolling out. Like at times, like in-game situations is where I love Brian Dayball because there was times when you didn't know what you were going to get. It could be a fourth and three. It could be a third and 17. It could be a second and five, whatever. You didn't know what you were going to get. It kept us as fans guessing and pleasantly surprised more times than not. Mm -hmm. Last night, the decision-making process was just, I don't understand why on fourth and one, you don't do a tush push. You have a 245 pound quarterback. They did it last year a little bit. Have Gabe Davis go in motion or Dalton Kincaid or whatever and push him across for one yard. No, you have then Josh. Why Bolden isn't Allen running? He, you, he had the room to run. Why isn't he running for that? It, it doesn't matter. Why was he in a passing situation on fourth and one? Why, Like you said, you. why are we lining up in shotgun for a two point conversion? Yeah. Like you're, 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 you're taking away our automatically five yards to gain, like by putting yourself in shotgun, mm -hmm. like having Allen consistently in shotgun and then trying to run the ball out of shotgun. Like there's just a lot of things that this offense has gotten stuck doing that. It just doesn't make any sense. Playmakers can only bail out a play caller so many times before the defense and the scheme from the opposing team catches up to them. Like sure. we've seen Josh Allen throw that interception to Deontay Hardy. How many times, but just a different wide receiver. How many times have we seen that? But that's what the play was designed. Not saying Josh shouldn't have taken the check down because he could have, but like, why are we, why are we dialing up these plays that aren't putting our quarterback in a position to be successful? If you know what your quarterback is, he is a highly elusive, physical, like, dual threat quarterback design every play call. It's not a run play design every play call. That's not a run play to his strengths, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't trust your offensive line for protection, dial up some quick routes or dial up some stuff that if the pocket breaks down, Josh will have, he'll have room okay. to move around and get a first down or, or scramble, like get in the head of your quarterback and ask him what he thinks. And I don't know if they're doing this or not, but from the looks of it, it doesn't look like it's happening because Josh is making the same mistakes he was last week, last month, and last year. Like, he's making boneheaded mistakes. Now, that's on Josh, but if you're putting a guy in a situation that he's not comfortable 
reading yeah. the defense or he's not comfortable with his formation or even if he has two checks out of that that call, either one of them's not going to work. You can't call a timeout every time that happens, so you just run the play. You're pinning him into basically a half-field read too often where he's not seeing the rest of the field. And part of that maybe is on him, but part of it is the scheme of the play where you're just asking him to look left or look right or roll that way. And then you wonder why he's had to perfect throwing it back the opposite way so much is because he's had to sit there and look at just one half of the field. Now he knows he can go back across and has the arm strength and the arm arrogance to go there and do that. If, so if if you look at the Kincaid touchdown, I don't mean to cut you off, but good. Um, if you look at the Kincaid touchdown, he was his third or fourth read. He just happened to be wide ass open. He went boom, boom. Oh, he's wide open. Josh Allen just doesn't forget to do that on all the other plays. He just, he just, he doesn't forget to do that. He, he, he understands that that's there. It's not, and I don't want these people to say Josh is just not taking checkdowns because there is times when he doesn't take the checkdowns. But if Josh has got Diggs running this 20 yard route, Davis running this 18 yard route, Shakir running a 15 yard crosser with, with two linebackers in front of him, two safeties over the top. And then he's got Cook for two yards. He's going to try to force the ball in there because he wants to execute the play. It sounds dumb and like I'm making excuses, but we don't use the middle of the field. Like they just stopped using the middle of the field. I don't give a shit about the sidelines. It's not two minutes left in the fourth quarter when it's the second quarter and there's there's 13 minutes left in the half. Like use the middle of the field. Yeah. There's other guys other than Dalton Kincaid that can use the middle of the field. If you put digs on a if you put digs on a slant, it's unguardable. You can't defend it. I haven't seen it be defended at all. One of the best slant runners in, in the whole league, and you run it once a game. You got to run it at least a handful of times a game, and you got to try. And That's the only time play. the only time that Dorsey calls it is when it's the fourth quarter and they're down by ten points, and they know that they got to start freaking picking the momentum up. Do that yeah. shit to start the game. Like get your playmakers involved. And yeah, I'm upset about Cook and his his dropsies he had last night. But James Cook is the third best skilled position player on this team. Sure. He had an off night. He's not going to do that every night. And he's proven he hasn't fumbled since I don't know last year. That was the first time he fumbled since last year, right? Am I am, the first carry he had last year was his last fumble, right? I'm pretty sure. So uh, I think he had one other one before. Did last he? Night. Okay, I mean I, you're you're probably right, but. Like, just give the ball to your skill position players. Stop force feeding Gabe Davis. He is who he is. Who he is. He's a guy who's going to make some catches, and he's a guy who's going to drop the ball, and he's a guy who's just not going to get open. That's who he is. So you bring Khalil Shakir along. He gets he gets eighteen targets for eighteen catches in three games, and then you just you don't think that he should deserve the number two route options? Like I don't. I, I just I don't. And that's on coaching. And I'll get yeah, off my soapbox sure. on that. Yeah, there's a couple of people in the comments. I just want to see, you know, yeah, he's got Izzy. Thank you for the super chats, brother. We didn't we didn't ignore him. Appreciate you, Iz. Absolutely, and that's what we talked about too. Is is getting the usage of the guys we have, not just and I and I I did the same thing you're saying we shouldn't do. Is you know I went right to Hardy and Sherfield, but you gotta you gotta get. Um, Shakir, you got to get these guys that are earning their keep uh, involved for sure. And it just 
seems like we're not able to get enough of a scheme to get the ball in these guys' hands. When I don't know, Deontay Hardy doesn't scream corner route guy to me, but that's the the pattern they put him on last night. But you know what? It although I will say, Deontay Hardy to me screams wide open. Deontay Hardy to me screams, "Go run a slant route, and I'll hit you while you're like at your top speed, and you just run." Yeah, you like you know what I mean, like. And I cut you off again. I apologize. That's good. I want to get into a little bit. We're, we've read an hour here, and we can go as long as you want. But I want to get into a little bit of you know what we can maybe expect for the Jets. Um, and and I'll give at least a score prediction. You're welcome to give one as well. And and everyone out there in the comments, if you want to um, start now thinking about your score predictions for the Jets, I still want to uh, do that. I know this is a little bit different of a show because you know it's the night, it's the day after a game, whereas usually it's. Uh, two days removed at least and whatnot. So we do give a little bit of a, you know, a recap and then a little bit of a preview. And I'm not going to spend too much time on previewing anything with the Jets because we have no idea, you know, what this offense could look like. But just to get a little prediction um, and, and a little forethought into what we could see against the Jets, it, it's going to be heavily reliant on the run game, I would assume. I think they're going to try to to try to milk that as much as they can because they're trying to vet out what they like and what they don't like from what they've seen so far from this team. <clears throat> so I don't see it being, I'll be surprised if they just open up and come out guns a blazing. I'd love to see it, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to be um, the approach. Uh, someone's asking about, you know, Leonard Fournette um, this week could obviously be a game where you could see him. Um, Ty Johnson hasn't really shown too much, yet um but but i think you know this this game coming up to buffalo presents a, a really big challenge because the defense for the jets is is very talented and um you're coming off a, a shorter week with with a new play caller now um i just think he's going to be maybe a little bit more conservative um and you're going to have a grinded out game where you're going to see it maybe in the teens so you might not see the teams break 20 points each. I'm not sure. So do you have anything you want to say, um, you know, looking forward to this weekend and, and what we might see against the Jets? You know, it's going to be, if it was, if I had to put in, you know, if I had to put my head coach hat on for a second, I, I, I think it's going to be some vanilla offense. I think they're going to try to do the easy things, right? Can we run the ball? Can we block maybe some screen passes, maybe just some easy things for Josh to complete? I think let's just, I don't want to say let's tear it down and start from scratch because we have the athletes that if they give them a loaded playbook, they can run with it. Right. But I think it's yeah. like, let's start piling first downs together. Let's get a good couple drives together and see where it goes. And then if this, the offense starts getting momentum where they're, you're, they're getting first downs and first downs and easy completions for Josh, maybe some design runs for Josh, um, get, get him in routine, you know, get, get the receivers, you know, into the game. Right. Um, and then sprinkle it around a little bit. And I think it'll be, I, I don't think it's going to be something that's too overly complex. I, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think it's going to be something to just get these guys back into a routine of 
being successful on offense, being successful on first down, being successful on third down. The Bills were the best third down team in the NFL. I'm not sure if they still are heading into this past week, you know, at, at 50% clip. So can we can we just continue to build, you know, drive after drive, get some momentum going um, against a division opponent that beat us in week one and, and just kind of build from there? I don't see it being a high-scoring game. I don't see Josh throwing for 350. And, and stuff like that. I just, at this point, they just need to try to, and it sounds crazy, but they just need to try to do the easy things, you know, yeah. run blocking, right? Take let's not get penalties. Ball. Let's not shoot ourselves <laughs> in the foot on offense. Let's, let's, you know, and then, and then on defense, I think the defense will be the same as it always was because you got to look at this New York jets defensive line up front. They're nasty. Right, they're they're absolutely yeah. nasty. They gave the Raiders fits, and they should have won that game if they had better quarterback play. Um, but the Jets' defensive line has been that since last the last two years. We know who they are. It all depends on if Zach Wilson's going to show up and be the typical Zach Wilson, or if he's going to you know come as dressed as Joe Montana. You know, it, it all depends. So, um, I do think though, however, defensively, I feel like. Some things actually that we saw last night might be something that we can kind of add into the weekly game plan. I think there was a lot of things that worked defensively last night. Ed Oliver had a hell of a game, which is not being talked about enough. Ed Oliver played his ass off last night. Um, AJ Epinesa played his ass off last night. Um, so I think all in all, and I won't make my prediction. Yeah, we can do that whenever, you know, whenever you're ready for it, but I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be one of those like slug match type things. The team that, you know, gets the most turnovers is probably going to win. Hopefully the, that's, you know, the bills defense can create some turnovers. Um, but I don't know what to expect from Joe Brady. If I'm being honest, I don't know what his style is. Um, maybe he goes back to 12 personnel, like the bills were doing in the beginning of the year. That was highly su successful. Then Dawson Knox got injured and they completely, you know, abandoned it. Um, but we'll see, you know, just be easy. Just give Josh things that he can do easily. Don't make things hard. You know, the gimmies, the layups, the, the in routes and, you know, stuff that he can complete and get into the game and then look for the chunk plays. Right on. Yeah. Um, so guys in the comments, give us some score predictions. I'm going to give mine. Um, you know, I think this is a game that the bills at least come out and are able to wake up and execute well enough and uh, win this one 21-17. 21-17, huh? You know, I was going to go 20-17. I'll go 27-17, Bills. There you go. Yeah, you know the defense pull, isn't going to be able to hold, hold everyone, um, you know, or hold a lot of teams. Um, so so you got to give the opposing team some points there. But I think, you know, hopefully the offense does enough with uh, their current situation to to pull it out and, and get the. Uh, get the W, uh, I think that there's got to be little um, whoops, some guys are, are going the same score here. Nice. Um, I, th I think the Bills have to win this game. I think there's there's just um, it, at home with this crowd and that energy that's going to be there. Um, I, I don't see the bills, you know, losing this one, but it's a division opponent and it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be easy. 
Um, so I think it's, you know, a one score game either way. And uh, hopefully the Bills this time, you know, can can be the victors and come out on top. Um, maybe hopefully with a renewed energy and a newfound uh, motivation um, this week. So before we get out of here, um, thanks again, Dave, for, for joining me. Um, is there any other points you want to make on um, the coaching staff or, or on the team as a whole before we say goodbye? No, I just, we're in uncharted territories because the bills have been good. Um, I don't know what happened there. I turned into Izzy somehow. Well, I don't know what happened to my, what it is. I don't know what happened to my camera. Um, but. And he's gone. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Buffalo Blitz. Um, really appreciate it. And uh, we're looking for a big rebound here from this team. I'm, I'm absolutely looking for this team to come out and show the fans in Orchard Park this week uh, with a spirited effort that things can um, and will turn around moving forward. So with that, I'll say good night to y'all and go Bills.